Femcasters. Femcasters? Who's my favorite Femcaster? Karina Belizzi. And we pinky swore that we are never, ever going to change the name Femcasters. We pinky swore. We said it on Women Who Sarcast. Boy, did we put our foot in our mouths. Well, I think it actually is quite ironic that it was on Women Who Sarcast. It could be quite sarcastic that we chose to change our name. Oh, my gosh. I was listening to this episode, which is an amazing episode. And the first thing that stuck out to me is that we proclaimed to the world that we are femcasters and we're never changing our name. Well, we didn't say that. We We said we didn't think we were going to change the name of our community. But well, we did. We did. Yes. So what do you think about this media casters, the whole reinvention? We are the media casters now, Karina. Yes, that's right. And shifting from a butterfly to a dragonfly is only one part of that, right? Moving from transformation into your highest self. Your highest self. How? Who? When? Who, what, where, when, why? The journalist in you is coming out, Jules. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I looked at the lore of the butterfly and what the butterfly Mm -hmm. represents. We used Mm -hmm. the butterfly as our matriarchic symbol of the femcasters, right? And butterfly is all about transformation. But what's interesting Mm -hmm. is in Native American lore, or if you want to call it first people's lore, the dragonfly is representative of reaching for your dreams, of dispelling fear, and also of reaching your highest self, which I think is just beautiful. So mm-hmm. I think that's what we're working to help people achieve with the media casters. And mm-hmm. so the brand shift from femme casters to the media casters is like alive and well right now. Mm-hmm. But we have remnants of things like we've guested on shows <laughs> as oh the femme casters. And people can listen to this episode and judge for themselves. But I thought we had a really great conversation mm-hmm. with Kathy Barron over at Women Who Sarcast. She's, She's just... sarcastic. <laughs> She's so sarcastic. <laughs> the name of the show might be a little on the nose, but that's okay. That's exactly podcasting, right? It's a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed meeting Kathy and being a guest. I enjoyed that she counted how many times I actually said the word sarcastic, but it's hard not to. (laughs) So Karina and I hope you enjoy this episode. It was really fun. And I guess we're kicking it with Kathy. We're kicking it with Kathy. And you guys get to hear a story or two about our time at She Podcast Live too. And Julie and I are super excited that we are going to get to be in person again with podcasters soon at PodFest this spring. And so enjoy this episode. Get to know Kathy Barron and her show, Women Who Sarcast, and a little bit more about where we're headed with the new show, The Media Casters. So stay tuned, right, for that? Let's kick it. Let's kick it. Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guests today are the hosts of the new podcast and collaborative community, Femcasters. Their mission is to support the journey of women in podcasting, broadcasting, and media so that true equality is reached around the world. Please give a warm, sarcastic welcome to Karina and Julie. (laughs) Thank you. I love that sarcastic welcome. I know. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if I should be nervous right now. A sarcastic welcome. Well, I mean, it's the only welcomes that we give here. So. Okay. <laughs> I love that. 
So I'm interested to know more about Femcasters and how you came up with the idea of a podcast and a collaborative community and kind of get your idea as far as why it's so important for you and why, why this is something that you're passionate about. Well, I'm passionate about pretty much everything, but really I know when I met Karina, the one thing, even though we come from different areas, different backgrounds, the one thing we kept saying together and we unified on was that we are passionate about amplifying the voices of those that want to make an impact in this world. They, the messages looked a little bit differently, but they were the same. And when I met Karina, we met on clubhouse and one day she (laughs) called me and she's like, we're going to do something together one day. And I'm, I said, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) We're going to do it. And we are surrounded by boys, Kathy, between us, we have six boy children Wow, and two husbands. So it's a handful. There's something about the power of women and I only have brothers. So I love connecting with women. I understand the power of the voice of women in general. And I think that Karina resonated with whatever messages or vibrations I was giving off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I'll just say is that I have been in the world of podcasting for only about a year. It's not that long, but what I've noticed in that time and what I kept kind of coming to is that it, like many industries is male dominated, mm-hmm. you know, the number one podcast in the world is Joe yeah, Rogan. And I feel like that's just like a little thorn in my side consistently. Number four podcast for female listeners. And it just blows my mind. So I have felt the need to elevate the voices of women. I was getting to the point in my other podcast, care more, be better, which is all focused on social impact and sustainability, where I didn't want to interview men anymore. I just wanted to interview women. And I knew that that wasn't necessarily the right choice because some men are doing some incredible work in social impact and sustainability. And I wanted to stay focused on those stories. And so as I was talking to Julie about it, I was like, God, I just feel like we need to do something to elevate women's voices in a different way. I was heading to She Podcast Live where I met you, Kathy, Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, this is, they've got their angle, but it's not the same as what I was hoping to do. I really wanted to focus on helping people that maybe hadn't even got to podcasting yet, that were women, learn kind of the skills that they would need to get out there, start to hear from people that might look a little like them or what they hoped to get to, and hopefully inspire them to to use their voice a little differently to get out there and understand what they had to say is valid that people want to hear their message and then provide them with the simple tools and resources to do so successfully so that their show sounds good when it launches so that they have a community to fall back on to ask for advice and one that importantly isn't paid like they can join femcasters and be in a community of people that are there to support their journey that aren't going to give them bad advice, that aren't going to try and sell them a service that won't actually do anything for them, that will protect them Mm -hmm. from that. And something that I'm super passionate about too, I got a little scammed in my early podcast days, like somebody reached out to me and said, I'll promote your podcast on Apple and da da da. And I was like, Oh, how do you do that? And what does that look like? I'm a marketer, I understand like case studies and stuff like that. And I still got swindled. I still committed to buy a service that I wasn't 100% confident in, 
that ultimately was just a bunch of bots downloading my shows, fake listens to help people climb a chart. And I mean, it stands against everything that I would ever hope to do. I'm seeing more and more of that on Facebook. And so I'm like, heck, if we have a community that we build that is importantly also off the Facebook platform, we won't let these trolls in. We'll protect our community. We'll give them the resources that they need to be successful in the world of podcasting, to have their voices heard. And then Jules, you know, she helps actually publish books by authors. So I'm like, well, heck, maybe there's even an angle there Mm -hmm. where we can collaborate and help these authors get their voices heard and just kind of keep that, that ball rolling even if it is uphill. (laughs) Well, and you mentioned that with your Care More Be Better that you wanted to be around more women as far as Mm -hmm. interviewing. But yet in Femcasters, you also have a Mancasters. (laughs) We have some Mancasters, we do. We love ourselves some Mancasters. The ones who get us, Kathy, they have to understand us as a community. Well, I was just wondering, what's the role of men in a group whose primary goal is to empower women? Yeah, well, what I is think the, the definition of feminism? Really? It depends who you ask. That's true. Yes. It, it, it's empowering humankind. Women have don't have a lot of their own that they can call their own. Mm-hmm. And if men play a role in empowering women in some way, then great. But I'm just wondering how what your opinion is about men and their role in an environment, in an atmosphere, in a community that's aimed towards women and empowering and helping them with self-doubt and, you know, the struggles that they incur on a daily basis, just within the podcasting community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, my perspective on this is really twofold. It's like there's two sides to the coin. For one, I, I'm very passionate about creating a safe space where people feel like they can share their thoughts, wishes, dreams, all of it, right? And I do think that in some cases, just even having men in that audience can change that a little bit. So I'm sensitive to that. At the same time, I really feel it's important that we have powerful allies across all areas. And so if a man is willing to join a group called Femcasters and sit there and bang our drum along with us, they're part of the solution, they're not part of the problem. And so I see that as something that brings value to the group. And also, if I'd ever see anything that looked like people were mansplaining to one another, let's just put out there as a for instance, I mean, I would absolutely jump in and ensure that we weren't kind of endorsing the behavior just by being silent, Mm -hmm. because I think that can be a problem too. So you have to be clear on the mission of the group. I mean, we're keeping it called Femcasters. And granted, some of the, the shows that we're helping to launch have been by men. Like there's a comedy podcast, a travel podcast that, that are both led by men that we've helped to launch over the course of the last couple of months. They're not our shows. We don't own them. We just supported their journey. So, you know, it's it's something we're aware of, cognizant of. And I don't see the community changing names from Femcasters to something else because we're leaning into this. Uh, but I also don't want to exclude people that could be really important in changing the voice and the feel of what women are able to achieve in today's world. Right. And I, you know, Femcasters is female led, Karina Mm -hmm. and I, Mm -hmm. and 
we definitely, we bring a je ne sais quoi, a female quality, a female vibration to this community and exclude, I feel whenever somebody is excluded, this is where racism and bigotry are born. Of course, we, Karina and I are the gatekeepers to femcasters and we are very passionate about sticking to the mission. So mm -hmm. it, you know, and it's a really good question, Kathy, because Karina and I have chatted about this. Do we do man casters? Do we do femme casters? Do we, is it all inclusive? It's all inclusive, but these man casters have to celebrate their femme casters and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's one other thing to consider, I think, along with this whole thought, and that is just that if we are as these moms of boys, <laughs> you know, I've got two, Jules has four. I mean, lots she and says lots six of boys, together, Kathy. I'm like, that's a oh lot of male God. energy. Well, I'm the lots. youngest of six and there was four girls and two boys. So oh, geez. I'm one of three girls and you know, my, my <laughs> husband is one of three boys. It's like, we came from reverse worlds and right. probably part of why we get along so well <laughs> right. on other days so poorly, but that's the story <laughs> for a different day. Mom's the word. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's understanding that long term, we're going to need everyone to participate in shifting this tide, like men have to buy in to women as leaders. And, you know, one of the things that we've done with this um, entire piece so far, so far, like we're partnering with Potatize, which is primarily female owned and female led. The CEO is a woman, her daughter is a co-owner of the business, her husband owns it with her. But really, the fact that we sought out a host, I shifted hosting from Libsyn to their platform, we sought out the host, because we were like, well, heck, these are, they're leaning into this as well. And they're not like out there trying to go public at this moment and get a bunch of funding from some, you know, a bunch of white dudes because mm -hmm. podcasting is exploding. And that's important to me as an ethos of what we do. Like we seek out women-led businesses. Mm -hmm. We just got to interview Deo, who is the mm -hmm. owner and founder of Wisdom. And so, you know, again, like leaning into women-owned and women-led businesses that we want to promote, perhaps we'll shift our time going away from Clubhouse to, you know, this Wisdom app because mm -hmm. it's a different environment, but it's also female-led. Mm -hmm. Right. So do you feel like, Karina, you have a background in marketing, um, in the natural product industry, and then Julie, part of your background is life coaching. So how have these skills and experiences kind of brought to, brought you where you are today with podcasting and creating this collaborative community? So, I mean, I can only speak for myself. My background coaching is just at the, at, you know, that's just a, a mere side note. Mm -hmm. I absolutely am an advocate for those. And I know I have, I am an attorney. I have a publishing company called Media Queens, which really is just about empowering people with their voices. And again, I think that's how, I think that's what attracted Karina and I together, just that we are so much advocates and nothing we ever did. This is the funny part. And I've never met anyone like Karina, like monetization, and I never monetized anything. And I was, I was telling Karina, you, you spend so much time doing this. It, it might be worth your while to figure out how you can transition into a full-time business with podcasting and that sort of thing. And that's nothing that ever came out of my voice, out of my mouth, because I truly believe that in the power of advocacy. 
So that was very, very, very much something that I've never seen before with anybody just the, in terms of being an advocate for those that need that leg up in life. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same sort of story on my end. You know, I, I've spent, I, I, I can't believe the clock keeps ticking, but like I graduated college in 98. So I've You're been so out old. here in the business world yeah, for a while. And so old. I'm trying to use sarcasm today. <laughs> it's so old. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm ancient in some spheres, right? She's younger like, than me. I went to graduate school to get my MBA at 43 and got it by 45, you know, and it's like I was the old hag in the room, right? Mm. But I, I was the old hag in the room <laughs> with the perspective of having actually worked in business for the past 20 years growing brands. And one of the things I've always championed is cause partnerships and really working to bring value to the end user um, through our messaging as well as remaining true to, I mean, I'm probably one of the more stringent with regard to, but is it true when it comes to marketing? Like I, I'm allergic to spin. And so the brands I've tended to work for over the years have been more fact-based and, you know, really come from their selling perspective, from an educational perspective, because, you know, it's my belief that when you, when you tell people the real deal, when you give them the right information, then they can make their choices for themselves. Right. And you're not just push, push, pushing. I, I've never liked the push, push, pushing and selling. Um, so I, I just have used, I think my skills as a marketer and communicator um, to ele elevate my own voice and the things I carry, care about in podcasting. Yeah. So that's the primary thing that's laid in. I did a bit of media training. So I've been a guest on a number of health focused radio shows over the years, some in person and in studio and on TV and most of them over the phone. I love allergic to spin. I've never yeah. heard you say that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm shocked because I have said it before. We have to have an episode allergic to spin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. Exactly. And add some sarcasm in there, too. Oh, yeah. Because the way be people spin, spin things these days, it's just comical. But yeah, um, I, it just it just like I, I notice it so quickly from brands. And I'm just like, yes, I don't believe you. And the, the moment I'm in the I don't believe state, it's like you lost me. And it's surprising to me how few people actually have that response. Um, but you know, what can I say? I'm, I'm a Gen X skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed that you uh, worked with Nordic Naturals and Whole Foods and all the mm -hmm. health food industry. And I was with Whole Foods and for about five years and was yeah. in whole body. Actually, that's how I retired because I was in grocery, banging up my body and uh, wearing out my joints. Uh, but I was in the grocery industry for 16 years. Wow. So, mm. you know, having customer service and with whole body, it's like we can't diagnose and prescribe and trying to talk with the customers that, you know, they need something for whatever and they're willing to show you that whatever on their body that needs taken care of and it's like no that's okay oh. you know I no, I've, you. I've been in a number of stores <laughs> doing those aisle trainings and yeah. often helping uh customers who come in because as you know like working at Whole Foods sometimes they're just short-staffed or you have like a flurry of customers come in and I'm sitting there in the aisle looking like I have some authority because I'm helping to set the shelf or something yeah. and so people would ask me like oh like see I have this bald spot like um 
whatever it was that was happening to the person. I totally relate. It's just such an <laughs> awkward position to, I think, to be yeah. in sometimes. Well, and I worked at the Walnut Creek on the main one, which is right next to the Kaiser Hospital. So we would mm. get a lot of people that had just seen their doctor and the doctor's like, okay, this is what supplements you need. This is what food you need to start eating mm -hmm. and, you know, to come in. And they're, and most of the time they're just very open to educating themselves and yeah. knowing that they need to make a change. But, you know, I had this one girl who came in and she said, my numb, my tongue is numb. Is there anything I can do? And I'm like, go to your doctor. I mean, I don't know any supplement that would help with that. <laughs> Kathy, well, how did, I mean, I'm with the skeptic and the sarcastic, the skeptic <laughs> and the sarcastic. So I don't know where I fit in in this conversation, but how do you go from being working in the grocery industry to doing a podcast called women who sarcast and then starting this amazing community and event women who podcast symposium. I mean, that is fascinating to me. Well, I've always, I mean, I went to art school for video production. So I have a degree. I mean, I was a massage therapist for seven years in another lifetime. So I've another gone through your body. Up. Were you a sarcastic mas masseuse? Uh, <laughs> No, my sarcasm didn't really come out until I started grocery. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to ask the questions as a podcaster as well. Uh, yeah, so I kind of entered into the video production world for a little bit. And I've moved around to the Pacific Northwest. I'm originally from New York State. So lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico for a while. And here I am what again. What's your favorite? Um, you California. California. Portland is right up there too but that's changed a lot so well i'm a native oregonian and um Good i times. didn't make it to portland until i was 18 years old so <laughs> your parents let you out of the house oh no i mean i just always came south i went from ashland to california because my dad moved to california so it's a pretty easy because ashland's pretty close to california so yeah it was like a seven hour drive to cupertino you know yeah <laughs> my dad was so so it's really interesting the thread i mean there are all common threads you kathy karina i all your listeners there's always a common thread i see and i love these communities that are brought together with this common thread like femcasters and women who sarcast women who podcast and it's about finding those people as well, finding those people with a dream or that can relate to you. And I see that Kathy's doing it and Karina does it every day, you know, and I guess my question, I, gosh, I'm like becoming the interviewer now. So I'm sorry about <laughs> you that. You just can't but help it. I this can't. is her life I, coaching coming in. Right. You know? But I always, I'm fascinated by the human experience yeah. and how you come from one place to another and you and Karina have Oregon in common and natural foods. It's so interesting. And it's about building these relationships and how can we do more of this together, Julie, Kathy and Karina, and make this a revolution in terms of reaching out grabbing people and making people not so afraid to be vulnerable and share their stories and do things outside their comfort zone. Well, I mean, that's I think my it's last an... question. I promise. Uh huh. Sure. Says no podcaster ever. <laughs> wow. Sarcasm <laughs> alert. <laughs> well, I think it's important that, you know, women realize that if they have a dream that it can be, done whether they're a mother you know single 
divorced, widowed, whatever, that they can create the dream and they can do it now. And if they have that support system, then they're able to make that first step. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I started, I didn't even think about podcasting until November of 2020 when I finally started listening to My Favorite Murder after everyone in my circle told me I needed to. Mm-hmm. I shied away from it because of the fact that I had a close friend who was murdered and mm-hmm. it was really That's traumatic for me. Oh my God. It's it's like I was petrified that they would tell her story and I was also terrified to even look and see if they already had Wow, because I was just so close to it, right? And I've thought a lot over the years about sharing it with them and like in my own pen and I'm like, no, I... I I just don't need it. That's We're going to do a true crime podcast, Karina. You know? Well, maybe, but you know, it's <laughs> not right now. It's just, it's interesting because my inspiration started there. I thought about, cause I listened to something like all of their episodes within 60 days and they had like 400 at the time. And I was wow. just like, God, I, I got so into this and I got so into this for a couple of reasons, right? Like what COVID I think screwed us all in a way that we can't even think about. I'm an extrovert. I wasn't having that like close personal like relationship with as many people. And I was also in graduate school and I didn't have any free time, right? So if I was out walking my dog or doing whatever, I'd just be listening to them in the background. And it helped me to feel connected in a way that I I missed and I didn't even realize I missed. And it also gave me this kind of sense of empowerment. Like by listening to these people, I was like, well, I could do that. Like what's to keep me from doing that? And it just, I think when, when, a when a girl like me understands that something's possible, it changes your engagement with your life. And even I think your, your ability to be happy with yourself and your, your trajectory and all of it. And I, I didn't realize at the time that I was even, I was probably depressed. I was so overworked mm-hmm. and overstudied and disconnected in a way that I hadn't been, or I wasn't acknowledging because I was just do, do, doing, go, 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 mm-hmm. produce, produce, produce. And <laughs> gee, yeah, I know Jules laughs at me. Oh, you know what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> she still does that. Oh Nothing's God. changed. Yeah. It's like, we can't relate at all with that. No, it was an no, escape no. though for you, Karina. It, it was, was an escape. Yeah. It was like something that you looked forward to hearing the next story. And it was something that took you away from the everyday. And if it alleviated your situational depression, even for a minute, Mm -hmm. it was worth it. And that is the power of podcasting right there. Not only to teach, but to, to take us out of ourselves. Often when we're depressed, we have to get out of our own minds. And who would have ever thought podcasting could be so powerful? Well, I mean, I, mean, I didn't have an idea a year and a half ago. My favorite know. murder is like the gateway drug to podcasting. I like crime junkies. I, I, you know what? I don't. And you there's don't. a reason. I love no. Ashley Flowers. I, well, I think the story's good, like whatever. But there's so many good stories out there. I, there's there so many good stories. So what many. I love about My Favorite Murder, and I'm never going to- I haven't like, listened to it yet, so I can't Okay, we'll it. go to episode one. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I'm like, going to be gone for like six beginning. weeks. You're, you're, I'm going to lose track of jewels. But like the thing that I loved about that show and that I will always love is the fact that these two women just got together after like being at a cocktail party and realizing they had a shared interest and decided to start having the conversation on record and putting it out there. And it's just, 
you know, they're flying their fleet freak flag, the thing that was like maybe their secret little pleasure that they felt like nobody else wanted to listen to or hear about, which I think is something that is valuable, right? Like, like so awesome that two people all freaks, together and do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the tech that they had when they first started, the stumbles they made, all of it was really real. And even though they made those stumbles and everything else, it, it it didn't really matter. It was the ethos of the show. It was what they were doing. It was how they were using their voices. It was the banter they had. And they made a really strong impact on me just in doing that because I was like, if these two women can be brave enough to put it all out there and share the, the vulnerable moments of their lives in an imperfect way, because you know I'm, in a, I'm, a, I'm the perfectionist. I call myself a recovering a perfectionist. <laughs> but it's like... They just did it. And that's what gave me faith that I could. And so I think that's the point, right? Like, yeah. And that's why I use my voice. The more women podcasters that get out there and that are recognized and showcased and, you know, like with the magazine, it's, it's important to. And the more they hit the charts and. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all connected. And I think it's, it's, we have to be careful when we say, if I can do it, then you can do it because, you know, that's, we don't know what their journey is. We don't know what their yeah. backstory is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to say that to, to someone is, I don't know. It's just, they need to, they, we can encourage them and they need to do it in their own time. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they're really not ready, then they're not ready. You can't necessarily force anything. But I think it's also important that they have a community that they can go to for encouragement and support so that when they are ready, they're ready to make that leap and take off. And you have to do the work first. I mean, you're absolutely right, Kathy. You have to do the work first. You, you can do anything you want to do. Do you want to do it? And having those tools, having support, whether it's therapists or coaches or mentors or community, you know, what do they say? You live your life within the dash, Mm -hmm. you know, 1973 to da, 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 like between those two dates. And that always brings me back to reality, thinking about that dash, living within that dash, Mm -hmm. because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We all have our Oh yeah. I'm allowed to swear on here. We all have our shit. We all have our things, but when you normalize it, when you have those conversations also, that's a real sense of empowerment, I believe. Well, I think that we're all more similar than we think, and we're all Mm -hmm. more related than we probably want to admit, but Mm -hmm. you know, we all have a story. (laughs) We all have a backstory. We all have, you know, a shit storm of life. You know? Yeah, we do, girl. And you we go, all girl. have a job that we freaking hate. And, Not me. Um, you know, so I think mm-hmm. if we find those commonalities, then, right. I mean, we can rule the world. It's those yeah. little threads, those little threads of similarities that we all have. And we need to all start talking about it, even if yeah. it's on our podcast or with your best friend or the parent or your dog. It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable because we are human beings. Yeah. There is so much power in our failures. That's where all the lessons are learned. Yeah. This is actually one of the things I love about genetic tests. 
Oh my God. Oh, how are we getting on DNA twenty? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm me. thinking about how much I'm like, how much Neanderthal do you have in your DNA? I have a lot, actually. <laughs> I have more than thirty percent of humans. Are you a Viking ancestry? I'm I'm like two percent Norwegian some weeks and then other weeks I'm none. So I don't know. <laughs> it's just like what the latest um genetic tests show on twenty three me. It's funny because like they update the registry. And oh, so yeah. I've, I've gone from being part Turkish to part Senegalese, and I'm not sure, you know, anymore. It's like, that's a Sicilian that where the playing in. radar comes up? No, no, because I'm... I'm long-lost cousins? And I'm quartered. Yeah. I have. I've you actually, have? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, so there's this one woman reached out to me because it turned out that her dad wasn't her actual dad. Like, she <gasps> found out when she took the that's genetic That's the worst. Test. And then it turns out that she's related to my Mancuso side, and that's the side that was engaged with the mob. And so, like, that's there's the this uncle, whole the brother. Sicilian thing. Um, and wow. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I kind of get why your mom might have lied about that because at the time, <laughs> wow. So you're, I mean, there was a mob yeah. family, Karina. Uh, yeah. Be careful, Kathy. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> You'd have to kill me if you told me. Yeah. If we tell no. you, we're going to have to kill Let's you. Just say, <laughs> my, my grandparents, my great grandparents emigrated from Sicily and they fit a little bit of the stereotype. That's mm. all. So, you know, there's there's the family lore and some explaining away that I don't believe. I, I actually think there was more involvement with the mafia than the family says. But, you know, there's stigma with it. So, therefore, you know, the, I mean, right. the fact that my great grandfather had to change his identity leave town, put my grandparents in uh, a orphanage for a short term while oh he reestablished gosh, himself. This is, this is and a then go get them. Like it's crazy. Like <laughs> there's the stuff that is documented that we know is true is too suspect for me to believe what wow. the family story is. Like, right. oh no, it was self defense. He just killed a made guy at a poker game <laughs> who accused him of cheating or something. I'm like yeah. hmm. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> like, Polish and there's no believe. Polish gangs that I know of, so or mob. <laughs> The potato gang. I don't know. Every family has their story, but it's a story. I think it's important yeah. to like think about that too. Like we don't know. Mm -hmm. I had the story that um, I had part Native American in me. It's completely not true. Mm -hmm. So somebody oh, made it. You don't up have the cheekbones for that. Korean. No, my older sister though, she was told her whole life that she was half Mexican because she has a different dad. Right. Oh. Turns out she's half Native American. She's got oh. zero. Like she's not Mexican. There's no Spanish anything. Mm. Native American. They they lied the whole time. Yeah, so people lie too. Like even family you know that stories. stories the stories go down generation, and they get diluted, and you know, or expanded, or you know, whatever. So. Yeah, and what is identity? It's like people make up their identities in a way. You can choose who you want to be. It's yeah, kind of exactly. incredible. So, what do you think are some things that women podcasters really struggle with the most? Self-doubt. Besides everything that we've already talked about. Self-doubt, <laughs> storytelling, DNA, 23andMe, uh, you know. Um, self-doubt, imposter syndrome. I can't do it. Why should I do it? Nobody What's wants to hear my voice. Nobody wants to hear my voice. I have a horrible voice. Mm -hmm. Jules, you say that all the time. It's not true. Yes, but as Kathy can hear, I do. And I'm working on it. I'm working she thinks on... her voice is awful. She says this to me all the time. Everybody do thinks like their voice is voice? awful. Everybody I, thinks never... their voice is awful. I never want to hear my voice ever. <laughs> but I'm hearing it right well, now as I'm talking. So. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear the glottal shock, which is like the voice like this. I want to hear excited voices. I want to hear voices across the tapestry of all womankind. 
you know, and no matter your voice, you're going to resonate with somebody. And I remember when I first started my podcast obsessed, I thought to myself, why am I doing this? But I had to keep telling myself if I change the way one person thinks about their life, then my work is done. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Right. So if but Karina has a very silky voice, doesn't she, Kathy? Like, oh, yeah. It's very silky She's definitely got the nodded. radio voice down. Okay, but then there's that. I've always hated my voice, too, Joel. So, so. You do? I actually love like, it now, but it's taken me a long time to come around to it. It's I, crystal clear. It's so it's low like, to me. I'm a no. Alto. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, I mean, it's within that range that's very, you know, comfortable. It's be- yeah, comforting. I think I, um, I I just come back to choir practice when I was in elementary school and how I felt like I was insulted because my voice wasn't high. I was never going to be a soprano. I was cast off with the boys over on that end of the choir <laughs> practice. And so boys I was just choir. like, well, I guess I'm a boy. Like that was, I I think, why I identified as, as a boy for like a good chunk of my life. Oh my God, I never knew this. Oh yeah, And you well, wanted you know, to be a soprano because you have that Sicilian background. And she wanted to be, yeah, in the game, in the mobs with the yeah. Sopranos. It's like, I need to be a Soprano. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? The Sopranos, the TV show, right? Yeah, exactly. So Kathy y'all are going to be talking at PodFest in mm-hmm. May, right? Yeah. Have you been there before? I there? did go to PodFest and right mm-hmm. before the pandemic exploded, like a week before mm-hmm. in 2020. So Yeah, I only went to the virtual last year, so... Never gone, virgin, right here. It's a pretty decent experience. It's pretty intense, and it gets you pumped up and gets you inspired, and you meet a lot of great people. And So tell us about what you'll be doing at PodFest. We love ourselves some Chris Kremitzos. Chris <laughs> Kremitzos. you got to say that six times fast. Kremitzos, Kremitzos, That's what Kremitzos. you have to do when you register. You have to do that. It's like well, a password kind of initiation. They make you like stand on one leg and mm-hmm. spin around, touch your nose, point at the fairy. say his last he's name. The pound, he's the founder and probably Karina and I's our best friend, Chris Kremitzos. <laughs> so, yeah, Karina. No, I mean, I'm just looking forward to having yeah, the opportunity community. to engage with so many people there because I just think, you know, the, that's the one thing I got out of She Podcast Live. I also, so far, I, I I think I value their process. Like I'm seeing the peek behind the curtain of how they onboard their speakers and the sorts of things that they make you do, which I think is really important. Like delivering your presentation to them in advance and then they give you feedback about how you should change it so it doesn't overlap with another show Mm. as much or another presentation as much i think that's really great i don't know what the process they followed for she podcast live was but Mm. if i'm being critical a lot of the presentations that i went to i felt like i could have delivered better than the person who presented Mm. it so there's a lot of repetition as well a lot of repetition a lot of overlap uh several speakers who probably didn't belong on a speaker stage to be frank Mm -hmm. uh so it's just were they breakout rooms or were they like they were mostly breakout rooms i mean Mm -hmm. the ones that were on the main stage were obviously more practiced and more professional Mm -hmm. but even then some of them i think could have been a lot better let's just put it that way Mm -hmm. everyone is dying for interaction and connection at this point Mm -hmm. if you make the effort to go to one of these um, conventions or expos you want to make those real lasting connections, authentic right. connections. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just have someone speak at you like speaking on Zoom. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It has so to that be was different. That's part of what Jules and I are talking about doing because our whole topic is going to be focused on community. So we want to make it more of an interactive style of workshop where people actually develop and maintain connections that they started right there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it'll be a fun session. It may be a little bit difficult to uh, share all of that in the, the pre-trial with PodFest, but we can we'll at least say this is when mm -hmm. we do XYZ. We're, we're talking about actually creating a video element and mm -hmm. so that they will kind of kick it off and share with people, you know, really how they can leverage community mm -hmm. to grow their voice, to launch a podcast if they want to, to increase their exposure and ultimately establish credibility in 28 days or less. So we really want to make it focused, actionable, something that you can come away with and apply to your life as Evergreen. opposed to just, you know, kind of sitting there and, and watching a presentation and not and having taking anything notes. really resonate. Right. Exactly. And then rushing yeah. off. You're going to be dancing, session. Kathy. Well, yeah, you should come. Are you going? I'm not going to any. Oh in person anything's with 5,000 people sorry <gasps> is there 5,000 people no coming? no no that was the virtual event Jules there will not be oh. 5,000 people there so the in-person calculating yeah well the last one I mean obviously they probably won't have the I mean the one that I went to had probably two or three thousand people there it's huge wow. okay. it's huge PodFest is right. huge I don't want to speak ill of Florida but there's no COVID in Florida so it's <laughs> safe to go there She's joking. This is sarcasm. I don't know. I think Orlando is just the, uh, there's a bubble around Orlando. So you might yeah, be okay. Nothing bad happens in Orlando. No, it's like the happiest place on earth, right? It is. <laughs> so is there any significance of the 28 days? Four weeks. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things. For one, you can establish new routines in 21 days. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of science behind that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. And really, when you try to give people a tool and say, okay, here you go. This is going to take you months to go ahead and put out there. It's harder for them to visualize success. So if you have a short-term or near-term target, and they can go back and reflect and say, okay, these are the things I did and here's the results I saw, then you remain engaged and you remain inspired. But mm -hmm. if it's too far out, it seems like too big a task. Right. So I think that's really it. Like you want to give people tools that are going to support their journey. And this curriculum is something that we'll plan to make available to all of our fem Femcaster community too, so that they can, you know, take it with them there as well. Right. So where can listeners find you? How can they get in touch and learn more? Well, femcasters.com is like the repository for our blog, <laughs> as well as for the community. You can link to the community from there, or you can go directly to the Femcasters community at femcasters.mn.co. It's run on Mighty Networks, and it's a really simple um, way to navigate and connect with community. You can even download the app on your phone and have it with you in your pocket. So that right. makes it easy. Awesome. Um, and then we also are just at Femcasters on all social platforms. And you can find me and Jules connected to that because we tend to comment a lot on um, the things that we launch there. So I don't know, Jules, what else would you have to say? Google Femcasters. <laughs> yeah. We're the only femcasters that I know of. Yeah. And, you know, just reach out, ask questions. Yeah. It's a safe space. It's a space to really engage your creativity. It's a space to elevate and amplify your brand. It's a space to have fun. And you can be sarcastic if you'd like to. 
Yeah. <laughs> we even do office hours every Thursday yep. so people can come and engage with us directly there too. Oh, great. All right. Yeah. Well, I am glad that you came on. It was a great conversation and uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to, to hang out with me. Yeah. It's been fun. You're amazing, Kathy. And I'm reading, I'm looking at your body language. I'm like, does she really mean that? Or is she being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> Jules, you're going to critique everybody's body language. No, you know, I know. I, love well, I can't language. see your body language. I know that's your camera. Thing, right? is yeah. It's not fair on the fritz. So. We'll just call her Oz for the rest of this. Okay. I'm the, I'm Don't pay attention Matt. to Jules behind the yeah. curtain. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I love the concept for everything you're doing, Kathy, really and truly. And I, I know Karina and I are grateful to have this platform to, just to speak on what we're passionate about. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. Email us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at womenwhosarcast. Join us on Patreon to become part of our sarcastic community. Get your copy of Women Who Podcast magazine today. Visit womenwhopodcastmag.com to subscribe. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. <laughs>